Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 107. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Staying cool in these very hot times. And every year when it gets this hot out, typically that means there's not a ton to talk about with the Bruins. Again, no Bergeron signing, no Krejci we're waiting on Pavel Zaka, which is coming out probably around August 11th when the arbitration hearing is uh, scheduled for, unless they do something beforehand. Um, so we're kind of in this waiting period where we're like, all right, like we've done enough of the, you know, Nazem Kadri and Wonder Bergeron and Krejci get assigned. So why not freshen things up a bit? And you published your prospect rankings recently, one through 20. This is the go-to for prospect rankings. This is can't nobody beats this. No one, no <laughs> one beats it, Evan. No one beats people this. are saying people in the streets. The people are talking, and this is what they are saying. Um, and it's quite interesting because the prospect it, it's always fun to see prospect rankings because uh the average fan and a lot of us during the year when we're covering you know the Bruins themselves, we don't get to see these guys all the time. So it's a lot of watching film and reading up on them and seeing how they're doing at specific points of the year. Uh, and you have come out with your prospect ranking. So what are your like initial thoughts on, and you know, how was it making this list? Uh, it's definitely a lot uh, of Duncan. Yes. <laughs> a lot of Duncan, a lot of uh, written through to make sure got everyone's name, right. And all that good stuff. Uh, but I always, en- it's, I think every year I enjoy doing it. And then like you lay out like the list, it's like, again, it's like what I always mentioned with like Charlie Kelly, where he's got all the, the different names up and he's got like a board. Like it's, it's always good in practice of like, all right, it's prospect ranking time. Let's check in on the farm system. And then you put all the names out there and you're like, shit. All right. Well, I know number one and two is pretty easy. And then after that, it all goes downhill very quickly. Um, and in terms of where they, where they sit, I kind of find it interesting. It you saw like that story come out recently. I think it was like, was it like hockey prospecting.com. I don't even know what the website was, but it like ranked the Bruins having the worst, uh, worst farm system, f- like far and away. And everyone yeah, ran with this. it. Like, I think it was on like sports radio. Yeah, it was but, like, I, I don't know what the website was. It wasn't like, you know, like an, a, I would say established, but someone who I knew that like, all right, if they drop like a full ranking or someone that's well-known in scouting circles, 
they did like a, a annual review. It was some some other website that dropped and said they were, you know, the 36, 32nd ranked uh, farm system. <laughs> that'd be one, bad. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be, that would be a bit of a red flag. But uh, yeah, a lot of people ran with the fact that they were far and away the, the worst team in terms of a farm system. And I kind of pushed back on that a little bit. I, I think, are they, have they t- taken major strides? No, I still think it's a lot of, maybe prospects that you can chart as having maybe a, a solid floor, or at least, you know, kind of what you're going to get if they work out at the NHL level, but not a lot of high end talent. But I also think for as much as people talk about 2015, you can even look at like 2018 and 2019 and be kind of discouraged with the overall returns from those draft classes. I think you look at 2020 and beyond, they've either hit on some guys or they've got a few guys in the system that at least should offer some up. Op- Right. I mean, you're looking at not just obviously there's the Lysel and Lori and those guys, but you look at a guy like Oscar Jelvik, who kind of came out of nowhere. And he's a guy that uh, rose up my draft rankings. He was sixth overall this year for me. Uh, You look at, you know, a guy like Ty Gallagher, who had in my top 10, who was a seventh round pick talented guy but he had obvious flaws in his game that maybe dropped him a bit and he had a very strong year at BU you look at other guys like Riley Duran Ryan Mass like I, I think you look at in their system at the very least you have intriguing guys again a, a lot can change over the span of a year there were plenty of guys who I ranked in the top 20 last year who dropped out because again whether it's making the jump from maybe junior to the pros or the AHL to the NHL all those things these guys hit bumps in the road so we'll see how maybe a few of these guys do going to Hockey East or jumping up uh, outside of Canadian Junior or anything like that. A guy over in Europe goes to North America, like like Jelvik, right? He's been good, but we'll see how he is next year at BC. So I, I think you look at the system, I'd probably say it's in that like, you know, 25 ish tier, like, which again, maybe isn't going to shock a lot. It's not going to get people excited, but I think there's at least more of an upward trajectory in terms of where these guys fit based on, I think, what you've seen on these last three draft classes, where you at least have guys that, I think if you're a Bruins fan, you should look forward to their development. You know, there's not a lot of Lysels or Lorais where you're like, these guys could be something special. But follow a guy like Jelvik, follow a guy like Georgie Merkulov, who's not, I just you know, to say Georgie Merkulov. Yeah, there, there's guys out there that you should keep a close watch on, that if they, it pans out, they can at the very least be viable, productive, regular, everyday NHL players. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you get to prospects whose stock rose the most. Feels like Merkulov is one of those guys. I mean, again, I know it wasn't on it last year because he was just signed out of college as a freshman. I think that was one of the really smart signings the Bruins made uh, out of college because I guarantee you if he played a second year, his points would have jumped even more because I think oh, he had yeah. like 34 points in 31 games uh, as a freshman at Ohio State. Imagine just as a sophomore. And again, that's just going to draw more interest from uh, other NHL teams. So it felt like to me, he was the prospect whose stock rose the most just because he enters the list at number three. Right. Um, yeah. And again, we saw, you know, at development camp, you know, the offensive ability was everywhere. The defensive ability, maybe not so much. <laughs> well, what's the thing is like, I, I want to like actually get on to Providence and actually watch a few of his games. Cause yeah, he has some stuff he has to work on in terms of, you know, maybe fine tuning that the D zone part of his game. But the way everyone talked about it, like, what does this guy do? Like, what did he do during his first stint with Providence and made like everyone immediately be like, so Jordan Markelov is pretty good. Yeah, but he's going to really, he's really going to work on his defense. Like, what was he doing out there? Was he like doing like pirouettes, like in the D zone? Like, I, I'm very curious to see like what, what it is. And he's a guy that also has said um, that he's, you know, cognizant of that's something in his game that he needs to work on. So as long as like the, 
the prospect himself is is making a commitment to working on that part of his game. It's a step in the right direction. But yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that trot up the list quite a bit in terms of just, I think the surprise of getting him, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of these college free agents are usually like upperclassmen or uh, guys that are ready to make that jump to have a guy like Mercury who kind of came out of nowhere, had a really strong freshman year at Ohio state goes right to uh, the pro game and had a solid, you know, debut in short time last year with Providence. He's definitely a guy I think Bruins fans should keep a watch on because he could be a guy that, could pile on points in a hurry with a full season down in Providence. He's just like a, he's like a, the kid mites who doesn't play in the D zone. He's like a winger. He just stands yes. at the red line waiting for his team to clear the puck mm-hmm. out. Maybe, maybe he's doing that. You know, you never know. Um, who was your prospect who stock rose the most? I know you mentioned Jelvik. Uh, is he your guy or is there someone else that you look at and say, okay, his stock rose a ton. I definitely think Jelvik's right up there. I, I think he's a guy that uh, showed promising returns last year and then this past season over in Sweden did a very good job and he was probably, I think, right up there with um, a guy like Merkulov in terms of standing out quite a bit in dev camp. Um, again, we'll see how it is this upcoming season making that jump to Hockey East because I think that's going to be the first big hurdle for him to clear because he was also playing very well in Sweden, but also was in, I think the under 20 league. So he wasn't playing against, you know, it's not like a guy like Matthias Mantikivi who's playing like 30 year old dudes over in Finland. Uh, you know, uh, a guy like Jelvik is still kind of in his same age tier over in Sweden. So, but if he's a guy that has a, a freshman year at BC and he's giving you 20 points, then, you know, you take that next step. It's almost like Lori last year where it's like, all right, this guy ripped up the USA, USHL, but he's also like 20. So what happens? He goes to college. Oh, he's playing really well at Ohio State. All right. Then he takes that next step up in terms of his uh, status. But uh, Jovic's a guy, I think one guy that I want to single out that I think made a huge jump is uh, Ryan Mast. Ooh, who, uh, yes. Big dude. Yeah, I had him at uh, number 11 on my list. Uh, he was drafted uh, in 2021. I think was it sixth round. I want to say it was either fifth or sixth, I believe. So he was a little bit further down the list, but um, he was a guy that, as you said, big body, I think he's six, six, um, big physical defenseman. But uh, in terms of finding value, it's kind of like we said with a guy like Gallagher, uh, Ryan mass pretty much didn't play all of his draft year because it got wiped out. I think he's up in Sarnia in the OHL didn't have a year uh, during, because of COVID. So pretty much, wasn't able to play. I think he did like one 10 game showcase. I think in Erie, Pennsylvania, like that was his only time scouts could watch him. So if you're everybody the Bruins, was there, everybody remembers the showcase. Apparently. <laughs> yes. The, the famous Erie, Pennsylvania showcase, but good on the Bruins for, I think identifying a guy like that, that even though you don't have 60 plus games of junior hockey to watch, uh, you kind of looked at his talent and saw something there. And I think you saw it this past season with Sarnia, obviously, 6'6 defenseman, what kind of stands out with his size, physicality, of course. But I think he was also very productive offensively as well. I think he had about 30 points as a 6'6 a defenseman. Now, again, 31 points that, in 59 games. Yeah. Again, is that going to translate to the next level? Probably not. But at the very least, it shows that he's a guy that has the frame, uh, you know, a pro ready body, but also has some poise with the puck as well. So even if he develops and becomes a guy that can give you, you know, 10, 15 points while also being a six, six guy that's good in his own zone. There's value there, especially again for a six, you know, a fifth or sixth round pick as well. So he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing maybe build off of this uh, upcoming season in the OHL and kind of watching where he goes from there. Cause again, that's what you're seeing out of guys like him, 
Jelvic, Gallagher, all these guys may not be high picks. And people talk about the fact Bruins haven't had a whole lot of first round picks, but the very least they're finding value and potential candidates further down in these last couple of drafts. And the other thing with uh, Ryan Mass is so interesting is guess who's running player development? Oh, Adam, I didn't think you're going to bring it up. Adam McQuaid. I'll yeah, bring that up. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it's a, I'm not saying they play the same game, obviously, yeah. but as a big right shot defenseman, that helps. That yes. helps. Um, I know it's easy to make that comparison, but I do think it helps. He's uh, grow the mullet, though. Well, that's what he's got to do. He's got to grow up, grow out the mullet. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mass is an interesting one. Uh, all those guys are interesting ones. Safe bet that they make some kind of impact at the NHL level, right? You have to think, right? But we're talking about really safe bets. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the Number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off seasons, but over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures, especially with training camp right around the corner. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game stats. Stats. Where the game stats. So you were telling me before we uh, came on air that there was a mob of people outside your house angry that you omitted some big prospects on this ranking. It's been it tough on you. Quite contentious, Evan. Let me just say it's all right. I was, I was more bewildered because it's about 180 degrees out. So I'm like, why, why are you picking today? You sure. Bruins fans are dedicated. Bruins fans are dedicated. True. It is true. I mean, it, it didn't look fun out there. I didn't even open the door. I saw them out there sweating. I'm like, all right, good luck guys. <laughs> not even giving you guys water. No, no. I'm like, what are you doing out here? Like <laughs> seek shelter elsewhere. I'm not, not letting you in here. Were you yelling yeah. at me about prospects? No. They had the fiery no. torches. Yeah, exactly. Get no shoe. I don't know. I don't want to deal with it. It's already too hot. See ya. See ya. What are you doing out here? Um, seriously, though, I mean, omissions wise, who was one of yours that you felt w- was tough to leave off or that will require some sort of explanation? Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's a few guys that maybe dipped a little bit. I think you look at a guy like Curtis Hall, who had a really strong uh, collegiate career at Yale. Um, missed his whole junior year, unfortunately, because of the, the COVID situation over there with those Ivy League teams. Um, but then really kind of has struggled since making that adjustment up to the AHL level. I think he played in 52 games last year and had five points, which is not great. Nope, it's not, not, not exactly terrific. what you want. No. So uh, we'll see how he fares next year. But um, I think the one guy that kind of stands out that I'm sure a lot of people had questions about was uh, Jakob Lauko who for years now is kind of maybe it's a, a testament to the Bruins, you know, farm at the time, but any guy who has some skill, some, some flash to their game, I think automatically gets elevated. Right. So he, uh, he's a guy that said, you know, he thought he was a first round talent. The Bruins were high on him, uh, had some really good pr- uh, preseason games where he scored a few uh, pretty goals and kind of got put on the radar there. Big Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, great kid to talk to. His, uh, <laughs> right. Gandalf I forgot tattoo. about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this past year was kind of tough for him. And it, it's been kind of tough for him since making the jump uh, over to Providence. A lot of it has to do with injuries. He's had a really rotten luck in a lot of regards. I mean, he had a really strong year in the queue. 
made the jump to the AHL. Uh, I think got injured like on his first shift at World Juniors with the Czech League. Uh, I think during his one year, he was eligible for it. So tough luck there. He's been banged up other seasons. And then this past year was probably his healthiest year overall. He, he played in 54 games, only had 16 points and was a minus 28, Ooh. which is tough, right? Uh, you don't need advanced stats. To t- people don't need advanced stats to tell you that one's bad. Yeah. And again, this is a, a Providence team that, you know, under Mujanel, they were a very strong team last year, defensively sound. Like, I think it's one of the ones where I don't have the full plus minus, but I think it's like, all right, okay, okay. M- what? Like, it's one of those <laughs> where I don't, I don't exactly know what went on there. So um, he's, I think it was, it's one of those ones where you can either chalk it up to maybe it's just a lost season with other, you know, factors at play, injuries, all that stuff. And maybe it's a clean slate and he bounce back. But he's kind of a guy that I think is kind of stuck in a little bit of that limbo now in terms of, all right, it's expected for him to take the next step, but it's going to come or not. Because it's not like he's a, a up and coming young player now. He's 22 years old, right? Like it's sooner or later, you have to decide, um, you have to make that that next step in, in your career. So he's a guy that... I think is an intriguing prospect because not only does he have some skill, uh, I think you saw it a lot down in Providence. He's willing to kind of be the fly in the ointment, being an agitator, a guy that could bring value to this team if his scoring and his defensive game translated over. But you get to see him, see him put it all together so far down in Providence. So I'm sure the Bruins will be hoping that he bounces back uh, shortly this year. You might not know this because it's not really public information, but Jakob Lauko's personal coach last year, Dave Lewis. <laughs> Feels like it was with that plus minus. Mm. Uh, it, he was not actually. I made yes. that sound way too serious than it was. David Lewis had nothing to do with Yakuza. There's, some, there's <laughs> someone just driving, being like, "What?" <laughs> I'm tweeting this right they're, now. They're they're gonna show up outside your house now, Evan. Yeah, they're migrating good. over. They're walking. They're walking down <laughs> over to Metro West. They're walking down the Mass Pike for this. Um, yeah, Jakob Lauko, to me, interesting omission given like, you know, I mean, I remember in the 2018 development camp, he was like the guy, like the, the speed and people were saying, I remember somehow he might have like made a joke or something about like him being like David Posternock or something. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what the quote was, but or something along those lines. I don't think he was saying like, oh yeah, I'm the next David Posternock, but it was like a joke like that. And people like didn't find it crazy because he was very fast and quite skilled. I'm not going to go with an omission. I'm going to go with a prediction for next year, for next year's top 20 prospect ranking, which I'm already highly anticipating um, given the top two on this list. But I'm going to go ahead and say Bruins are going to sign Reese Gaber out of North Dakota after his junior year. And he's going to be somewhere in the top six of the rankings. I think he'll be somewhere in there because, you know, guys fall off or guys go to the NHL or whatever. I think he's going to get a spot in there. Because the Bruins are high on him. He loves the area. I think it's, you know, again, I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, Gaber is going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of points in his junior year at North Dakota. Like, he's going to be, he's a guy to watch. And I think a lot of NHL teams are watching him. So, I think he is going to be kind of like the Ben Myers of this upcoming, after this upcoming college season. Um, And, again, the Bruins kind of have the upper hand, just given that they have a good relationship. He's been to development camp now. They got him out of North Dakota. You know, not, he finally figured out what internet was, which must have been pretty cool it, for him. It, I think he's from like, is he from like Saskatchewan or Manitoba or something like that? I feel like he's around that area, just a little, a little bit up north. Yeah, it's it's that part. That's part of the, his part of the country um, or part of the continent. But uh, I think he that's my that's my hot take. That's my prediction for next year. They signed Gaber and he's somewhere in the top six. So next year when that happens, 
We will pull this audio. Yes. If it doesn't happen. We will wipe it. This will no longer exist. Of course. Of course. Um, so an interesting question of this is Johnny Beecher's number four. Merkulov's number three. Merkulov's actually above Beecher. And it's funny because both players have wildly different skill sets. If only the Bruins could put them together. Put Georgie, them together. Georgie Beecher. That sounds like a 50s like comic book like protagonist. That sounds like a dude who Georgie Beecher. Was, that's like it sounds like a dude who tried out for the three stooges and got cut. Like he was yes. supposed to be one of the three he and was he the was director's you know, cut. Fifth. Yes. It was, was, Shem- yeah, it was Curly <laughs> Moe and Georgie Beecher. Georgie Beecher. <laughs> he was like the sixth version of Curly. Um but anyways, also uh, Johnny Johnny Merkulov sounds like a cool it sounds like a like a Mortal Kombat character. Yes, I was going to say, he sounds like a a superhero in a sense, Johnny Merkulov. Um, (laughs) We're off the rails. Yeah, we're going off the rails on this one. It's August, Um, it's fine. It is, it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, The people people are sitting, I mean, we're talking about barbecue on Bruins Beat, so uh, I think we can talk about anything at this point of the year. Um, But it is a question with Beecher of, you know, can he realize his potential at the NHL level? Because he mentioned at dev camp, he wants to work on his scoring. Now, I think everybody knows scoring is a very hard thing to work on because it's kind of inherent, right? It's in you or it's not. Some guys have it. Some guys don't, um, you know, you can work on your shot and you can work on like where you shoot, but you can either get to the dirty areas and score or not really. Um, he's going to be in Providence this year for a full season, which I think is gonna be really good for him, but can he realize that potential at the NHL level? And do you think yeah. we'll see him up at the big up in Boston this year at all? Yeah, I, I think he could be in the running for it if he uh, strings together some strong uh, play down in Providence. And I, I think Beecher's still a guy that I'm I'm pretty high on, but I'm also setting that ceiling, I think, where it should be. Like, is he, again, it's something that I, I wrote about uh, a few days ago that, yes, he's a first-round pick. He's got that label that comes with it. Is he going to be a top-six center? Is he going to be a guy that you're going to put as a replacement for Bridgeron or Krejci down the road? No, I don't think no. so. But just because that's the case doesn't mean that one, he doesn't have a skill set that could translate to the NHL in another role, and two, that he doesn't have value on this team. Like I, I think the guy that I look at what he does bring, and I again, you need him to at least be somewhat productive. You can't have him be sixty games and have two goals and three assists, right? Like that's gonna that's gonna be kind of tough. But I think you look at what he does have, whether it's his size, he's 6'3", already 210 pounds. His skating, which is great, um, which means he can be very effective on the forecheck. Um, obviously, don't really track that much in college, but I think a lot of people saying that he's very, very good in transition, probably because he has those wheels. Um, you look at that, you look at his two-way game, which has been refined. It's kind of what his role was this past year at Michigan. That's kind of their 3C. Like, he, he does have value, Um at the NHL of all works out. Like the guy that I always kind of compare him to is if he's uh, almost like Sean Corrali with a, a bigger mean streak, right? Like, I, and again, is that a first round pick? Probably not. Like also look at, look at a guy like Cur- Curtis Lazar, who I think was a first round pick uh, higher up. I think the year he was drafted, not a first round talent, but has value, right? Like if you're, if you have a guy like Beecher who hits his potential and has a strong year in Providence, and in a year or two, you can pencil him in as your 4C driving play for the next five plus years. Like there's value in that in terms of not having uh, to worry about one spot in the lineup that, yes, it's the fourth line. But looking at years past when the Bruins have had some deep playoff runs, you had guys like Corrali, 
you know, Achari, Wagner, um, look back to the Merlot line. Like this value. If you Brent have, Campbell. Back, yeah, you have value if you have guys in those spots that can bring a unique blend of hockey. And if Beecher can be a guy that can use that speed, that physicality that he has, um, and can also, again, not be a 20 goal scorer. I don't think that's to be expected. But if he can give you 20 points a, a season, I think he'll be more than happy with what he could bring, given what he already has established, I think, at the college level. And I think what you saw a little bit last year in Providence, that it's something that he kind of talked about when he spoke to us, that he thinks his game kind of translates more to the pros with more physicality. You know, I don't think he's getting suspended for some of his hits like he did in Michigan, right? Like off some of his uh, willingness to initiate contact. So again, first round pick, probably not, but it doesn't mean I think you should, you know, just, Scott him in terms of what he could bring to this team in a pretty short order too. Like he could very well be up with the NHL club in a few months if all works well. Yeah. I mean, again, I, it's funny to watch him and to watch him at dev camp. I mean, he just looks kind of more advanced than a lot of them just yeah. given his two-way game and his size. He's been there a lot. So I do think it's possible that he's up in the bottom six at some point this year. And again, you know, with him, you're getting a solid bottom six game, right? Like, you know, that you can pencil him in as the, the fourth line center, or in you know some cases, maybe the third line center. I can tell you this. I watched so much Michigan last year, more <laughs> Michigan than like I should have, than anyone should uh, watch in a single season. Dude gets, guy had so many shorthanded breakaways. Like it was absurd at some level, just the amount of shorthanded breakaways that he had. Um, and again, they were, they relied on him for that. And I always thought, you know, Hey, you know, he could easily go somewhere else. We always kind of said, you know, Oh, he should go to a, you know, a, a BC or a BU Northeastern somewhere around here, play in the top six, get power play minutes and kind of build that way. He liked Michigan, wanted to win a national championship. Didn't unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for him this past year, but you know, went to Providence after uh, this past season, probably jumped ship from Michigan at the correct time. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> like he left at the perfect time. Yikes. Um, that whole situation, by the way, is brutal. That not is great. not good. No, not good. Very bad. A lot of good reporting going on, though, around that, I will say. Uh, But unfortunate to have to report those things because it's not looking so well. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. Um, But Beecher is going to be an interesting one this year. And I think, you know, what's funny, and you mentioned it a lot. Like, I do think fans are going to have such high hopes for him that if he, even if he is a stable third line center or fourth line center, people are going to be like, oh, what a bust. And it's like, no, like this, even when he was drafted, this was the MO on him. Like, this was not... This has not changed. So again, if he can come in and be a stable fourth line center, you know, Sweeney says he wants to play the kids in those situations. Maybe Beecher's that kid, you know? Listen, all all Johnny Beecher needs to do in his first game with the Bruins, he only needs to do one thing and he'll be all set. He's got to fight someone. You got to fight someone or you got to like absolutely deck like an established player or like a, a, a clean but very heavy hit. And you'll be all set. You It gives you at least two years of leeway. Oh, that, that was the that's like he, the he, 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 he could blow a tire in the D zone and give up a goal. I'm mean, be like, oh, but like, remember that sick kid? He, <laughs> he dropped on like you're all set. So Johnny Beach here, if you're listening, I don't know why you are. Yeah, just don't. Do that. Yeah, <laughs> just, just fight that. someone. Yes. Just fight someone. Anybody. Just beat him up. You know, try your best at it. Um. So the big question on this is the one and two because as we as you said, um, the number one and two for you shouldn't surprise anybody. Fabian Lysel. And Mason Lowry, the two top prospects, which, by the way, I will say a little surprise coming on Bruins beat this Monday, unless big news breaks, which in that case, 
you and I will have to do <laughs> an episode. Um, I got Mason Lowry for like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So it'll be, it's a nice fun interview on his life and childhood and what got him here and interest, oh, interesting stuff. I didn't know how interesting it would, was going to be. Um, because again, I looked over his stuff. I was like, oh, this should be like pretty cool. And it was like, very cool. So uh, I think you guys will very much enjoy uh, the, the interview. So that was my little plug there for, for this. And so preview. Very good. Um, but who has the higher ceiling? Fabian Lysel or Mason Lorai? Because again, two different positions. It's hard yeah. to tell. I mean, both very talented guys. I'll probably give the slight edge to Lorai in terms of, I think, when you look at how many guys are in the league that can, you know, replicate what he brings when he's on his game. Not a whole lot of guys that have that size and that playmaking ability um, that I think if you pencil them into a top four of an NHL decor, again, not a lot of comparables there. There's a lot of offensive-minded defensemen, but you look at a guy like Makai, who's not the biggest guy, or Adam Fox or anyone like that. Uh, Lori at, what is he, 6'4 now? 6'4. 6'4. <laughs> uh, very few guys knew that. Like, who is a John Carlson, right? That's the only guy I can think of that really is like, you know, John Carlson's 6'3", and is obviously a very gifted guy in the offensive zone. So if Laura can be a guy like that, uh, again, I think that kind of sets him apart from even a guy like Lysel, who I really don't know who exactly the comparison for Lysel is. And it's one of those things, too, where I just want to see how he does this upcoming year, wherever he ends up, right? Because if he's down in Providence and he's a point-per-game guy down there, then it's like, all right. This guy could be something special, but I think as some we talked about before with Lysel is kind of just keeping those expectations in check because these guys sooner or later hit some bumps in the road. Um, but I, I think he has the ceiling of a legit impact top six winger. But I think when you look at just their different skill sets and which one really brings more value, you do you have a guy like Lori who you can pencil in of giving you 20 minutes a night, give you a 40 plus points and be a solid guy can run your power play, all those things. That's a great coup for a guy that when he got drafted, I think everyone was just scrolling through like Twitter being like, who is this? Who's this man? We didn't know anything about this guy. So I'll give the edge to Laura, but that's not, you know, speaking ill of, of Lysel and what he brings. I think you saw, especially how we ended last year in the WHL, very, very talented prospect. See, the thing with Laura is he doesn't have to be the number one left shot defenseman anymore. I remember like, you know, when, before the Bruins got Hampus Lindholm, it was they need a top four, they need a number one left shot defenseman. And everybody kind of went like, well, it's coming in Mason Lorai. Now he can be the number two if you, you know, when he comes up, the expectations, the load is not as heavy uh, as it might have been just, you know, a year ago. I'm going to go with Lysel. I think a, a top six winger who you can pencil in for, and again, I'm not saying this is his first year, second year, but there are high expectations. If he can give you 70 points a year or somewhere around there, which like he easily could with his skill set, the way he gets to the net, his speed, his shiftiness, the ability to win one on one battles, like that's pretty valuable. That's really valuable. And obviously, you've got David Posternock there, you have Brad Martian, you have Taylor Hall. If he can suddenly be kind of the, the, the fourth winger of those of the top six. That's pretty good. And suddenly you've got, you, you know, you have the ability to mix and match on the wings. And again, that's not to discount Jake DeBrusque, but it's hard to imagine Jake DeBrusque lasting long-term in the top six, unless he makes giant strides in his game this year, which he easily could. But again, I think a guy like Lysel with the point, you know, with, with that skill set, you have to think like sky's the limit there. Like I'm not, again, I'm everybody temper expectations for this year. You know, it's hard, it's hard to do that again, especially when he got drafted. Everybody's like, well, that's the next David Posternock. And it's like, no, that's a little different. Um, what's interesting is that maybe this is just my eyes, but 
but there are times in transition when Lysel kind of looks like Phil Kessel in a good way. I mean, this in, in a good way, the way, you know, shot release and things like that. I could be wrong. People are going to pick that apart and be like, Evan's an idiot. You know, he doesn't know what he's watching. Um, but there are times I see it. And guess yeah. what? That's not a bad thing. That's a very thing. good thing. I, I think another comparison, I think I heard a lot about Lysel. I think especially early on when he was drafted was Nikolai Ehlers, who rocks. I think I yes. love Nikolai <laughs> Ehlers. So if they get a guy like him, who is one of the more underrated players, I think, of the NHL, uh, I think he'll be pretty happy. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's really good. The good problem is both have very high ceilings. and both Yes, exactly. To hit it. I think it's more realistic that Lorai hits his his ceiling. I think it's just his, he's a defenseman. Um, it's a little, I mean, I know it's harder to adjust as a defenseman, but I don't know. I just feel like with his size, it's there. Whereas Lysel's had some issues with consistency in the past. So again, Lysel could maybe be a, more impactful, but it's also a better chance that he isn't as impactful. Yeah, as well, it's, it's I think the, the floor is, easier to map out for Lori. We're like, I think Lori could be, I think he will be an everyday guy, but is he like a third pairing quarterback uh, of a power play, but like sheltered five on five minutes, or is he in every, like all situation top four guy? Then yes. that's kind of the variance with him. Lysel, you still have to see how he does in private and all those things, but the potential is, as you said, it's right there. Watch any of his film. Yeah. So, I mean, again, both are very good. And I mean, both put the Bruins above the other bad prospect teams We're not 36th <laughs> anymore evan 36th to 32nd maybe we'll say um but it's gonna be interesting to watch this year and the other thing is a lot of these guys are in boston or in the area right you have providence uh the, Bru- the providence bruins you got beecher and merkuloff and the rest of the team then you got bu with ty gallagher you got bc with jelvik and trevor kuntar um i must be forgetting someone you have mason langenbrunner at harvard um, you got Riley Duran down in Pro- uh, with the Providence Friars with, with Phillips Fedebeck. Yeah, he's going to Providence. <laughs> Forgot about him. Oh, yeah, Brandon Busey with the Providence Bruins as well. Yep. So there's a lot of guys in the area that if you're, you know, the Bruins don't usually play on Friday nights. Hockey, the college hockey does. It's in the area. Go to a game. It's right there. It's cheap. It's fun. I'm not. I, by the way, I don't work for the NCAA anymore. So I'm not saying this because I have to um, corporate stooge, <laughs> corporate stiff, Evan Marinovsky, corporate stiff, certified corporate stiff. Um, but it's fun. And, and the games are fun and it's a little cheaper, a little cheaper. And it's fun. To, it's fun to watch the future. You get to say you watched, you know, a future superstar exactly. uh, in the making. I watched and- Mason Lori when he was at all. <laughs> okay, grandpa, let's get you to bed. Yeah. <laughs> It's right in there. Yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I watched, I used to watch Joe Rogan when he was the host of Fear Factor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go to bed. Go to bed. No, no way. Uh, anyways, uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at uh, Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, I think as we still await, Evan, some more tangible news, we'll still keep on uh, cranking out uh, off-season uh, storylines in terms of guys who are already on the roster doing something on Jakob Zaboral and where he fits in. I think you look at a guy like Jake DeBrusque, you know, for as much as his roster has, you're still waiting for the shooter drop with guys like Bergeron and crazy. There's so many guys that are established on this roster or younger players that are trying to carve out everyday roles that uh, there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered in that regard. So we'll be examining all those different kind of players over the next couple of weeks over at bossandsportsjournal.com. So please subscribe over at BSJ. You want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Remember to subscribe to Bruins Rinkside on YouTube. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Maranowski. Book the Rail Have a great rest of your week.